As we come to our time around the Lord's table this morning, we're going to be using a passage in which Jesus gives testimony to himself of who he is, that he really is the Messiah. So if you have a Bible with you, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 11? And if you don't have a Bible, we have some men here who are going to be coming down the aisles with Bibles. Simply raise your hand. They will put a copy of God's Word in your hand. and You can follow along as well. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus has selected his 12 disciples, and he has given them instructions on how they should go out and preach to the lost of Israel. And they have done that. And after Jesus was done giving his instructions to them, he himself went off to preach and teach. And this is in the northern region of Galilee. Leading up to our passage in verses 4 through 6, we see that John the Baptist has a question for Jesus. That question is, are you the expected one? Are you the announced one? Are you the one who is to be coming? John had already baptized Jesus back in chapter 4, and he had heard God's testimony that this is the one in whom I am well pleased, Jesus himself. But John had a question because Jesus was ministering in the northern region of Galilee, and all of John's proclamations about Jesus were done in the south. So John is looking for clarity when he asks this question. In reading verses 4 to 6, we're going to see how Jesus answers that question. So let's read verses 4 through 6 together. Jesus answered and said to them, and then is John's disciples that were sent to Jesus to ask this question. Go and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who does not take offense at me. You see how Jesus answers John's question in verse 5. He doesn't answer with a simple, yes, of course I'm the Messiah. Of course I'm the coming one. He answers by pointing to the evidence that demonstrates that he is the Messiah. He's talking to John's disciples. John's disciples have been with him and they actually see what he has done. You can see that in verse 4. They have actually seen for themselves and they have heard for themselves. The evidence is irrefutable. He's giving sight back to blind people. People who are lame are walking again. Those who can't hear now can hear. People who are dead are being brought back to life. The, the evidence is irrefutable that Jesus is the coming one. But the evidence there is also that he is God. He is doing something that mere man could not do by himself. And Jesus gives another testimony of himself when he refers back to Isaiah 61. He says, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Jesus is saying, I am the subject of the gospel message. I am the subject of the gospel message. Reconciliation of sinful man to holy God happens and occurs through me. It occurs only through me. And you see that there are some comforting words in verse 6. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. Blessed is the one who looks at the testimony, at the witness of Jesus, who views the irrefutable evidence as is laid out in verse 5 and comes to the right conclusion about Jesus, that he is indeed the Son of God. He is worthy of worship. He is worthy of praise. But also, not only is he the Son of God, but he is the only means by which sinful man can be reconciled to a holy God. That is what it means to not take offense at Jesus. It means to see him for who he truly is this day. 
So that's how we want to remember Jesus this morning. We want to remember him as the one who on one hand is the son of God. The evidence points to it very clearly. But on the other hand, he is the subject of the gospel message. He's the centerpiece of that message. So if you are here today and you recognize these two things about Jesus, that he is indeed God in the flesh, that he condescended to come into this world and take on human flesh so he could go to a human cross and take man's place in God's system of justice, and you understand that he is the only one who can reconcile you to a holy God because of the offense that your sin is against him, would you join us this morning? When the elements come to you, take them and hold them and ponder these two truths about Jesus that he is God in the flesh, and he is the subject of the gospel. He is the essential part of the gospel. Take comfort in the the message in verse 6, that you do have eternal life when you don't stumble over who Jesus is. But verse 6 is also a warning to those who look at the evidence, the evidence being irrefutable. They either don't believe the evidence, or the evidence doesn't move them in any way to worship him and subject their life to him. I need to help you understand this morning that if you look at the evidence of Jesus Christ, the evidence that points to his deity, that points to his godliness, that points to his godhood, his membership in the Godhead, and you reject him for who he is as the Savior, you have a problem, a problem that's probably bigger than you understand, and that is that you're forfeiting God's only means by which you can be reconciled to him. So during this time, I encourage you to think about these two things as well, that Jesus is the Son of God. And he is the only means by which you can be reconciled to him. So as the men come forward, all those who have trusted in Christ, take the elements on your own, and I will come and close our time in prayer.